What is up guys? It is Quinn here back with another fantasy football video. Today we're going to continue going through my 2022 positional rankings. So I've already talked about the running backs and wide receivers. Today we're going to be focused in on the quarterbacks. So I'm going to be going through like the top 18 guys, talking about where I have them ranked, and then just kind of going through how I, you know, vary from consensus. So if I'm in line with consensus and then higher or lower, if you enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. But let's just jump right into the rankings. And I think at number one here, this is pretty consensus across the board. It is Josh Allen. I feel like he just comes with the greatest level of like consistency, you know, floor and ceiling. He essentially feels like a lock to be like a top three guy. But we also know he has that elite ceiling where he can put up, you know, 25 plus points per game. He has the rushing upside. We know he's a fantastic passer. So not much else to say there. Josh Allen is the number one. At number two, I have Kyler Murray. And this is a theme you're going to see throughout these quarterback rankings. When I'm looking at quarterbacks for fantasy football, I'm really going after ceiling. So I really favor these quarterbacks who are going to produce with their legs. So guys like Kyler, Lamar, Hurts, Trey Lance, players like this. I'm likely to be higher on these players than consensus because I think, you know, the quarterback position is so deep. I'm willing to take some swings on these like elite upside players. And I do believe Kyler is one of those guys. We know he has the rushing ability, but he also is surrounded by some pretty solid weapons heading into 2022. We know DeAndre Hopkins has a six game suspension, but they bring in Marquise Brown. You still have Rondell Moore, AJ Green, Zach Ertz at tight end. So this is actually a pretty well-rounded offense. He's been really solid the last few years, you know, just got that big extension. So he'll be ready to go by week one. So I do like Kyler here. But if you're someone who likes Lamar or Herbert, who I have coming in at three and four, you know, I feel like these guys could really be ordered in any way. They're very, very close together. I have Lamar Jackson here at number three, another player with elite upside. You know, he is the holder of the best fantasy football quarterback season ever. You know, the weapons kind of lacking. You know, he has Mark Andrews there. It looks like Rashad Bateman's going to be the wide receiver one, but I kind of feel like this could play to Lamar's advantage. Last year, we saw the Ravens go much more pass heavy. I think that had a lot to do with their defense struggling. Also, you had the injuries to the running backs. Both J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards went down preseason, so they were forced to be much more run heavy, which I just do not think plays to Lamar Jackson's strength. So this year, I think they'll go back to the run more. You know, he'll probably, or the Ravens as an offense, will be around like that 30 pass per game number, which is kind of in between like their 2019 and their 2020. So when Lamar is able to throw the ball like around 30 times a game, be super efficient, he's obviously going to have the rushing upside. I think we could see a big year from Lamar. And number four, I have Justin Herbert. And I feel like Herbert probably has more like year-to-year consistency than a player like Kyler or Lamar. I do think he just lacks like that elite, elite upside. Because he's kind of what I would call a player who's like that second tier of rushing quarterback. He can give you, you know, 300 to 400 rushing yards, you know, three, four, five rushing touchdowns. But he's not going to give you like that 600 plus that a guy like Josh Allen, Kyler, Lamar, Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance, like those players can give you. So I think he's probably the safer option with a little bit less upside. So I'm one spot lower on him than consensus. But I'm still a big, big Justin Herbert fan. And it's totally possible. Like he just goes nuclear as a passer this season. Like Justin Herbert has one or two like massive MVP seasons in him. And this could totally be the year here in 2022. Now at number five, I have Jalen Hurts. 
I am pretty high on Jalen Hurts this season after being pretty low on him last year. And I just don't really understand how we saw what he did last year. His first year as a starter was like a locked-in mid-tier QB1 on a points-per-game basis with basically nothing going on around him. Like, this offense was not good. His weapons were not there. He had Devonta Smith and then just nothing at the wide receiver position. Now he has a full year of experience. He's going to be the guy locked in, and they bring in A.J. Brown. That is a massive upgrade for Jalen Hurts. We know he can get it done on the ground, and I feel like people kind of struggle to separate real-life NFL and fantasy football. Like last year, Jalen Hurts was not a good real-life NFL quarterback, but he was very, very solid for fantasy. He could be like the 20th best starting quarterback in the NFL this season and be like the QB3 or QB4 in points per game. So we're seeing Jalen Hurts go like pretty significantly after guys like Herbert, even Mahomes. And so I think, you know, he is a great value in fantasy drafts. He's someone who has that elite, elite upside, but you're not having to pay up this massive price for him. Now at number six, I have Patrick Mahomes. And he is the first player I'm like much lower on than consensus. And I'm not like totally anti-Patrick Mahomes. I just think he falls into like the Justin Herbert tier of like rushing upside, right? Like he's not going to go out rush for 600 yards in a season. What he's going to do is just tear it up with his arm. And I think, you know, he's going to be very solid. But the issue is you lose Tyree Kill. This wide receiver room is wide open. Is it Juju? Is it Sky Moore? Is it MVS? I just think the weapons are lacking there. So, you know, in the seasons where Patrick Mahomes has been the QB1, he has just gone nuclear as a passer, put up like insane numbers. And if that's like the ceiling for him, I just don't see how he's going to reach like that elite QB upside with the weapons he has around him right now. So I'm not way off of Patrick Mahomes, but I don't know if I'm going to have a single share of him because he's going like third, fourth round, and I'm just not going to be willing to pay that price for Mahomes. Now here at number seven, this ranking may be a little bit surprising to a lot of people, but I have Trey Lance. I am firmly in on Trey Lance. I kind of missed out on Jalen Hurts last year. I'm not going to be missing out on that player again. So Trey Lance here, I have six spots ahead of consensus, and I just think he is going to be the starter. Some people are still holding on to this Jimmy G thing. They have now given him permission to like go find a trade. Trey Lance is going to be the guy. And you look at what Jalen Hurts did last year. Didn't perform that well as a quarterback, had nothing going on around him. Then you look at what's going on around Trey Lance. Fantastic weapons, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, you know, a really strong offensive line, and then also just a great coaching staff. You know, Kyle Shanahan as the head coach, great offensive mind. I think Trey Lance can come in and have a fantasy ceiling from week one. We saw in the games that he did play last year, they used him a ton as a rusher. So really, everything is just pointing to Trey Lance being like this fantasy football stud. Obviously, there's the uncertainty that like we just straight up haven't seen him play. You're taking him over more proven guys like Russ, Burrow, Stafford, Brady, Prescott. But I'm willing to take that swing because I think he has a ceiling that these other players cannot get to. And the good thing is you're not going to have to draft him as QB7 in most leagues because I mean like in more casual leagues, he's going like outside the top 12 quarterbacks, which I think is absurd but you're likely going to be getting him at a major value here where I would view him as the QB seven at quarterback eight. I have Russell Wilson and I kind of feel like he starts a tier here with like Russ Burrow Stafford. You can maybe throw Brady in there also where these guys I feel like are all in the same range. You know, Russell Wilson is interesting because we just don't know what's going to be going on with this Broncos offense. You know, he had some clear positives and negatives with the Seahawks, 
The positives were that, you know, he had really strong weapons around him, Metcalf, Lockett. The issue was the Seahawks never really unleashed him. Like with the Seahawks, they were never a team that was going to be like top tier in terms of passing volume. He could see that this year with the Broncos, but the question is like, are these weapons, you know, close to the Seahawks? I don't think so. People seem to have this idea that he went from like really great weapons with the Seahawks to really great weapons again with the Broncos. And you know, the Broncos weapons can be great, but there are definitely some red flags here with Sutton, Judy, like Alberto, like a lot of unproven pieces in this offense. So I think Russ will be solid. I do think it may take him a year before he can hit like, you know, his true peak with the Broncos, just because it's tough to switch teams and, you know, be the same guy you were from year one. You know, I think that's why we saw Brady take a jump in year two. I think Matthew Stafford could take a jump here in year two also. But then number nine, I have Joey B. I just think he's being a little bit overvalued. I'm three spots lower on him than consensus. I just don't understand why he's being like firmly picked ahead of Stafford and Brady. Like, I feel like they're all in this like pocket passer tier, strong weapons around them. And I just feel like, you know, Joe Burrow's playoff performances, you know, people love, you know, his persona in general. Obviously, the dude's a stud, great NFL quarterback, but I feel like he should definitely be picked in that Stafford Brady range. Like, why would I pick Joe Burrow? you know, with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, two, three rounds ahead of Matthew Stafford with Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson. It just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So he's going to start this tier. I'm not anti-Joe Burrow. I just think the value of where he's being picked doesn't line up with some of the guys going after him. At 10, I just mentioned him, Matthew Stafford. I moved him ahead of Brady. I kind of moved Brady down a few spots after we learned about the uh, Gronk retirement. For Stafford's second year in this offense, you know he's going to be a really strong option, a really solid and safe just like back-end QB1. For Brady, I did move him down because when you're looking at the weapons, right, like he was a really strong option last year. It helped that it was a down year for quarterbacks, so he was kind of viewed as like an elite QB1, whereas he was probably closer to his peak in terms of points per game, whereas some of the other guys with elite ceilings, Kyler, Lamar, even guys like Herbert, maybe Hurts, Mahomes, kind of took a little bit of a back seat last season. But for Brady, the weapons are still going to be strong, you know, with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin coming off the ACL, but it's not going to be the Evans, Godwin, AB, Gronk, just like juggernaut offense that we saw last year. So I think he's fine as like a back-end QB1. He's someone I was super in on last year, so this isn't like anti-Brady stuff. I mean, I think I literally have a picture. Yeah, right there, him and Gronk. So I'm a big Tom Brady fan. I just think he's been a little bit overdrafted in fantasy this year. And then at number 12, Dak Prescott, pretty similar reasons here. Like, why would I be taking Prescott over guys like Wilson or Stafford when you're just looking at the weapons? They're really just not comparable. And I don't think Dak is like, you know, maybe even in the same level as a guy like Stafford or Wilson as a player. So he's going to be more of like a fringe QB1, QB2 for me. Now, moving on to the final six quarterbacks. At 13 and 14, I have Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. This one was a tough one to grapple with just because Aaron Rodgers has been locked in as like this really strong fantasy football option. And then Derek Carr has kind of always been like a waiver wire guy, but they're kind of have this interesting relationship where Aaron Rodgers loses his clear best weapon to Derek Carr. So just looking at this Packers like, you know, roster, their wide receivers, the tight end position, it's just not a strong unit. So I still think the offense is going to be good. But I don't think this is a situation where Aaron Rodgers is going to repeat his uh, 2020 and 2021 season. I feel like he's going to be more of like a fringe QB1 option 
whereas I think Derek Carr could probably see the best year of his career with Devontae Adams coming in. This is a pretty strong offense around him. Offensive line is lacking a little bit, but you still have Waller, Renfro. So I think Derek Carr could take a jump and is going to be like a safe starter in your fantasy football leagues. A guy who's always a safe starter at number 15 is Kirk Cousins. I feel like I don't even need to really mention anything here. Everyone knows why he's here. He's going to finish in this like, you know, back end QB1, high to mid tier QB2 range. And he basically just seems like a lock for that sort of finish. At 16, I have Deshaun Watson. I kind of keep moving him all over the place. Like earlier in the offseason, he was in like that QB12 range because we didn't know about the suspension. Then it seemed like he was going to be out for a year, maybe even longer. At that point, you basically just take him out of your rankings. Now there's some, you know, wiggle room with that suspension, apparently. I still think he could get a year, but I feel like we just don't really know what's going on. So if he's on the field, he's like a QB5, QB6, somewhere in that range. So it's just tough to like totally take him out of the rankings. So here at 16 is kind of just like a placeholder spot. I think there's a drop off between Kirk and the players going after him. So I feel like it's fine to slide Deshaun in there. And then at 17 and 18, could have gone with a few different options here. You could have gone with the younger quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. I went with Tua and Jameis Winston. For Tua, he's just going to be surrounded by weapons. So he needs to just be like, okay, just distribute the ball to these guys to be like a solid fantasy football two, you know, QB two. And then for Jameis, he actually performed pretty well last year with just abysmal wide receiver options. Now he potentially could be throwing to Michael Thomas. You've got Chris Olave in the draft, Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara, potential suspension, whatever. Like this is a much improved offense around him. So I think he could totally operate as like a mid-tier QB two play. And so those are my top 18 quarterbacks. Let me know what you guys thought about these rankings down below in the comment section. I'm going to be going through my tight ends tomorrow and then my overall rankings the day after. So thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.